Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back. We are back. Phil Krause Survival Podcast. You see how I just did that? It was like a remix. Damn, you crushed that. I just changed it up. That was off the top of your dome piece. One. (laughs) I could never do that again, though. Um, No, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Uh, We had... uh, We have Johnny Primo, Courses of Action, in the house for the podcast. I just want to do a quick intro with you, G. Hey. Let's talk about the... uh, the 511 KC Elite event. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> it was a blast. It was a, I heard it was legit. It was a summer. They, you know, there was a, the idea was like summer camp. And, you know, you bring everyone together, people in the industry, overlanding, 511 KC Lights. You had Timbo Tuss there. They're a company that makes these like um, outdoor cooking, like little tables, little prep tables. And real legit, they use these little Coleman propane tanks. And it's like a 360 cooking uh, area. Can we get, can, we got to get some of those. Oh, I am. I am already. I have to. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. So I'm going to get maybe a couple. Just <laughs> and for you the love company. that stuff because you're a big, you're a big cooking guy. Oh, especially outside. It Ooh, was great. It. They cooked. I mean, and the food was phenomenal. We had, I think the first night we did, what did we do? We did, uh, oh, pulled pork, mm. did breakfast burritos in the morning. They did steak tacos. They were doing filet mignon. There was elk going around, uh, just big steaks, and just it was great. Good time, good people. Uh, got some fishing in. We did tug of war. My team won, by the way. Uh, we did. Well, some, you were on that side. I mean, wherever you were at, yeah. you guys were winning. <laughs> I heard you guys used to fill crap kinetic rope belt. We did. That's money. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and then we did uh, we did a night run with KC Lights and Sony. They had a uh, Sony ambassador from Sony Cameras there. Yeah. And this uh, photographer was amazing. I heard he was awesome. Yeah. Great. Great Are you going to get some of those photos? Yeah. I, gotta, I just got to get oh. with them. I got all the emails finally today, so we're going to be good. And we did a night run, and yeah, it was fun. The night run was a little long but and dusty, but when we stopped and talked and got to know everybody, I met a lot of new people out there, so it was fun. I heard you uh, did some donuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't consider what I called a donut. I drove in like circles, and then I broke the Jeep, and now it's going to cost us a pretty penny to fix. So so that's our, that's our first sponsor. Uh, maybe they'll give us a discount for this. But Summit, uh, it's called Summit Off-Road. Uh, not, I mean, Summit Jeeps. They do Jeeps, but Summit Off-Road in Prescott, Arizona, they are our go-to for off-road everything, right? Yes. Great people, great company, very nice. Every time they come in, Jesse, the owner's just, hey, George, what's going on? You know, it's, they know us by name now, and great company to work with. And uh, yeah, they, they got the FJ40 they're working on right now. Um, I'm getting basically a tune up and everything done in it. Oh, I can't wait to get that on the road, but no, nowhere near the price that we're paying. <laughs> For uh, oh, it's gonna hurt uh, the, the the pocketbook, but yeah. you know what? It's I, I take full responsibility for it, and um, you know, I'll, I'll get it fixed. Yeah, so hit those guys up at Summit Four by Four Company Four X Four Company dot com. Summit Four by Four Company dot com, and just if you hit them up and you're doing any work because they do everything. Obviously, my Toyota Land Cruiser FJ Forty is there. Uh, so is our company JK um, that uh, George broke, <laughs> and um, you guys can check them out. Just tell them that Philcraft sent you one hundred percent, and they will probably hook you up. Uh, also, this podcast is sponsored by Killcliff. You're a fan of Killcliff, and you know what you did for us, man? You got us these new lemon lime recover drinks. Mm, this, so good! I, 
Is it bad that I've had three of these today? I had one so far. I can't stop drinking them, though. I, I, well, the reason I, I justify it is, one, they don't have all the caffeine that's nope. normally put in energy drinks. It's all naturally flavored, electrolytes, B vitamins, a uh, little bit of calories, and no sugar because we can't have sugar on this nope. diet. You feel like you're getting stronger? Oh, I am. Big time. I am too, man. Big feel, time. I'm getting to this wall now where I'm like, whoa, all right, I'm starting to build up. And we they have the Ignite for the, the lead-in for your workout that kind of accelerates more caffeine. Then they have the Endure. That's like the during the workout when you're doing more endurance stuff and just need – it's kind of like – I don't want to say – it's kind of like a Gatorade, but it's way better than Gatorade. There's, not, it's, there's no sugars in there. Yeah, you don't taste like the – fructose corn yeah. syrup and uh and that drink and then obviously the recovery is my favorite we have a coupon code at survival one zero to save 10 percent on checkout yep and it's it's 10 percent on every purchase so you can use that code over and over and over again yeah um also this uh, podcast is sponsored by black rifle coffee company so matt best just dropped this new book he's the co-founder and vice president of black rifle coffee company uh but his book he's doing this big book tour all over the united states his book is Thank You for My Service, which is obviously a play on words. I saw him on Fox News and how he was uh, plugging the book. But it's a, about his experiences in combat as a ranger and then his transition from military service into business. And then, you know, all those boys at Black Rifle Coffee are crushing Business is hard, man. It's tough. It's tough. I'm, it's, it's tough. It's a, I learn every day. It's a challenge, but it's one of those things that, you know, if you stick to it and you stay in it and you have, uh, you know, the right recipe that you learn from the military and you apply it to uh, business is something that can translate into success, mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company has given us a coupon code for you guys. It's Philcraft20 to save 20% on checkout on their website. That's an amazing discount. It is 20%. Like 20%, is huge. That's like I'll take 20% all that's day. That's like a deal or margin. It is. Yeah. Um, you can check them out at blackriflecoffee.com and also this podcast is sponsored by triarchsystems.com. What do you like about Triarch? I like Triarch because when you pick up their rifle, there's nothing that like shakes on. Like you know, some rifles you pick up and like things rattle around. It's loose. Yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah. I pick this up and it's like a solid piece of equipment. Like it feels, it, like, it's amazing. It feels like it's milled from one piece. Yeah, like, it's it just does. One, it does. I know that you're talking about. It's like the upper receiver and the lower receiver, and it has this play in it. Mm-hmm. These Triarchs don't have that There's play. There's no play. And I've put thousands of rounds through my 17 Charlie. I love that gun. I, I, mm. I teach with it. I talk about it. But uh, the reason I love that gun is it's a custom gun, so it shoots better than the stock, but it's never let me down. Mm-mm. And I don't want to say the name of the company, Agency Arms, that I had a custom gun, <laughs> um, but that gun failed on me, and it was scary how it failed. I mean, it was a catastrophic failure. Ugh. They fixed it, but I sold it. Actually, I gave it away to charity, to Ashley Horner, uh, for her charity uh, in Haiti, and I stepped away and picked up a Triarch. It's the best gun I've ever owned. TriarchSystems.com, you could use Philcraft, one word, to save 5% on any gun build, which is obviously a, a significant discount on the builds. Especially, yeah, oh yeah, that's a good discount for guns. You need that discount. Yeah, you need that discount. Any discount you can get when you get it when you buy any. I wonder if somebody gun. is going to give you a discount on that uh, stern <laughs> Hell pump. Hell no. <laughs> no. Was it? Did you ask them? Did you go? Hey, is that the hookup? The the friendship? I hookup? didn't. I didn't even say anything. I was just is like, that retail. I, I accepted it, and I was like, Roger, that's that. That's so much money. It's crazy. Oh my gosh! But I trust the boys. That's yeah. Man. Oh yeah. Ooh man. Uh, also, this uh, podcast is sponsored by Abide Armory. A B I D E. If you guys are interested in buying guns, you could actually purchase guns 
uh, from dealers in, in other states, unless you're in California, and transfer them to where you're at. If you uh, hit up the guys at abidearmory.com, those guys are the guys that we go to throw, for all our guns. You tell them Phil Kraft sent you. Mm-hmm. They're going to hook you up. Oh, yeah. They'll hook you up. I actually have my um, winter or Arctic warfare 300 Norma Accuracy International Rifle on oh, an yeah, auction site right now that's uh, being sold by a Biden Armory right now. So, yeah, make sure you check those guys out. Anybody else missing? Um, Warrior Flask. Oh, yes. Yeah. What's the coupon code for Warrior Flask? It's Survival 10. So, you know, if look, I, we support a lot of businesses that we are close and strategic partners with, but the first thing that we do is kind of validate the company, the status of the company, because we've been burned before, obviously, and also the product. The product has to be high quality because we won't recommend anything that we wouldn't recommend or use ourselves. And so Warrior Flask, uh, warriorflask.com, use Survival 1-0 to save 10%. Some of the best, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say they also, if you buy, um, if you buy a product from them, they will donate a product to an LEO uh, organization, and so you buy one, they they donate one. That's a really cool concept. Yeah, I didn't even know that. So if they if if I buy a flask, they'll take a flask and then give it to a first responder. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's oh, pretty yeah. pretty awesome. So uh, warriorflask.com, you guys can check them out there. Uh, I think that's it, man. Yeah, you got anything to say? Oh, uh, just um, I miss everybody doing these podcasts and. Hopefully, I can get back on one one of these days. I don't know, man. I know it's been busy. We've been we've been grinding. That's we've been, it, we're always in the grind, but it's it's all fulfilling, and one day it will pay off. Yes, it will. Um, I, hey, I just want to say, everybody, uh, if you guys are interested in buying everything from PhilCraftSurvival.com, check out PhilCraftSurvival.com for your resources for training. A whole bunch of training courses coming up, equipment, and also our free access to everything that we have going on in mindset and. Uh, information, whether it's YouTube, podcast, the list goes on. You can find it all at philcraftsurvival.com. And also on the website, we have a feature where you can ask a question. So if you have any questions, you uh, type it in, ask me. Do you I'm get the text? One. I get that? them all day. Really? Yeah. That's cool. So when I get it, I try to answer as fast as I can. So if you do uh, reach out to me like in the middle of the night, it's probably going to be in the morning because I'll be sleeping, but I usually either on the weekends, I'm there. Any questions I'm going to help you out with? So just, you just open up a box. I'm, I don't know if you I want know. access well, to it. Well, it's that. good, though. It, it, it drives sales, so yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. All right, guys. So uh, Johnny Primo in the house, and we are going to do a podcast talking about everything. You know, uh, Primo's uh, has a, a lot of knowledge, a lot of information, a lot of good things to share. So everything from combat to fitness, uh, mindset to the tactical space and industry. Uh, I always like having Primo in the house. We were former uh, teammates together, went to special forces training together. I know his reputation, which is a good one, and he's, he's a great dude and uh, just doing a lot of good things for veterans, for civilians, for everybody, uh, just making the world a better place. So here we go, kicking it off for Johnny Primo. Primo. What's up? I'm glad you could make it here. Super glad I could too. Hey, so you just went to this t- – tell me about this TBI clinic thing that you're doing because – I need to get the one up on uh, on my head situation. Man, you know, so I'll be open and honest with everyone. Uh, short-term memory loss has been... You just had a memory loss right there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, uh, it's been an issue with me for a long time. And then about a month and a half, no, two months ago, uh, weird stuff started happening. So I would literally be laying on my living room floor 
crying on the hardwood floors and laughing because I had no idea why I was crying or like things like that. And so I reached out and contacted Jeff Dardia. He's a guy that uh, Mike and I went through the Q course with. And he's doing this whole soft initiative thing, soft health initiative. And uh, he's like, hey, man, like you need to uh, do X, Y, Z. And things that he brought up were uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy or HBOT, um, a stellate ganglion block. Have you heard of that? No, what's that? So it's like a nerve that goes on each side of your voice box. And essentially, in knuckle dragger terms, they Botox the crap out of it. And it resets your central nervous system as far back as the first traumatic incident in your life. What? Yeah. And um, Wait, so they can isolate specifically where trauma is at, and then they... So, so they go in through your neck, and so all the stuff that happened to me as a child, they can reset all that, so there's no like emotion attached to that. Damn. And my buddies at the command and at the building that have done it, I'm like, how does it feel? And they're like... It feels like a thousand pounds lifted off your shoulders whenever you do it, um, because because you're not running into the triggers. There's nothing, nothing there to, to. It's not there. Elicit a response. Your CNS system, your central nervous system, is essentially brand new. Whoa. Um, but I can't do that yet. So I've been doing HBOT, which is hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and I go in from 10 a.m. to 11.15 every day, and then from 2 to 3.15 every day. And essentially what that is, it takes you down like 80 to 100-ish feet in this chamber, and then you put on a mask, and you're breathing pure oxygen the entire time. So you have pure oxygen going into your blood, and what they're seeing on my MRI and spec scan is just doing it 12 times now that my brain's actually healing itself from all the lesions and holes in my brain, you know, um... There was a, there was a while there where there was a scare that I had brain cancer or something like that. Yeah, I remember, remember that, right? It, yeah, you With freaked scar out. tissue. Yeah, you told me to Dude, drink mushroom was, tea. Yeah, no. um, so <laughs> Whatever it takes, so, man. So, um, you know, they figured out it was scar tissue, you know, and then I was like, cool, well, I was satisfied with that. Whatever, I can deal with this. And then all this weird stuff started happening. Um, and I contacted Jeff and they did this spec scan and all this. And yeah, I had, you know, almost 40 lesions in my brain and just a couple holes in my brain. And what it boiled down to is overpressure. Okay. So they were like, yeah, if you're within 15 feet of a breach, essentially that's a equivalent of two offensive linemen going heads up hundred percent with no pads or helmet on. Like how many have you done? And I'm like, Hmm. I think our standard MSD for those type of bridges was like 12 feet. Yeah. So we always in that, that right? Yeah. I, I mean, I've done them before, you know, where you're like, cool, I, I'm up here six feet away, depending on what the charge is. Yeah. Um, and you have as well. And then they were like, well, how many Carl Gustav rounds have you fired in your life? I was like, fired? You know, close, I'm assuming close to, you know, somewhere between like 600, 800, somewhere in there. And like, well, how many have you been exposed to within, you're within 50 feet of them going off. I was like thousands. Yeah. Definitely. Running ranges. And then, I mean, think about just the recoilless stuff we had to do in the Bravo course. We're just punching you in the freaking face. And Brutal. They're like, well, that's like 10 concussions for each one of those being within 50 feet. And then like, what about vehicle roll- rollovers? Yes. IEDs. Yes. Bombs drop danger close. Yes. Shooting your gun. Yes. And uh, whenever it came down to it, they were talking about, you know, over 25,000 concussions that I've had. And, and to clarify, 
a concussion, it doesn't mean you're going unconscious. It means that your brain's getting jacked up inside there. And uh, so we did all that. And then, you know, obviously been shooting guns for forever. And I still do that. And they ran lead toxicity levels and I was severely high. So now I'm doing HBOT and then I go to, I go to Tucson every Friday and I'm doing chelation. And so essentially they intravenously put all the stuff in my body. And the thought process is that the lead and metal contaminants um, coagulate or like gather onto these particles and then I pee and poop them out. And uh, then I do this stuff called PEMF which is, you know those little things that CrossFitters wear, like the Mark Pro things where it's like little ET sensors that they put on and like shoots electricity into their joints yeah. and stuff? Yeah. It's like that, but a sleeping bag. Huh. And you wrap it around. You know, I got jacked up on this side, so I wrap around this arm on my left arm, and you turn it up, and literally your body's convulsing like this the whole time. Um, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing change already, you know, in a span of three weeks. I'm seeing... You know, I'm less argumentative. Like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to argue with baby mama. Like, where there used to be drama and I go straight for the jugular, like I told you earlier, it's like, okay, it is what it is. And me being arguing is just going to waste time and energy and jeopardize me seeing my daughter. So I'm not going to do that. Um, what do you think that is, though? What, what, what specifically about the treatment? Do you man, think I just- noticed it from the H bot. And all I can think is, you know, you know Tom Spooner. He's probably has the most jacked up brain that anybody's ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, I was told the same thing. Definitely not as bad as it's not even close. But what they were saying is, is they're looking at me. They're like, hey, if we're looking at your your MRI and your spec scans, we think you were a vegetable. Mm. However, we're speaking to you right now, and you're a highly intelligent individual. Yeah. And with the finding with special operations guys, and and you guys, I'm not saying, oh, we're elitist. I'm just saying that's what I know, and that's what they see. Um is our brains are rewiring themselves. Mm-hmm. So where most people just shut off, we're finding workarounds to make it work. Mm-hmm. So what I think it is, is the workarounds that my brain developed are now being healed and I'm actually accessing parts of my brain that I didn't have wow. access to before. So it's helped cognition a lot. 100%, bro. I, and I can tell you, I was just shooting in New Jersey with a law enforcement military course up there and I'm running through my drills and it clicked right there. I was like, whoa, I am like, you know, I'm a threat focused guy. I'm not a front sight focused guy. So I'm threat fo- I'm like picking up targets like nothing, just like my fine motor skill. Everything was just running like a sewing machine. I was like, and you know, I've shot with you, you shot with me. We can both shoot, but it's even better now. And like how fast I'm picking it up, processing information and getting that trigger pressed through. I was like, wow, I can really notice this. So part of the part of this treatment was, you mentioned the contaminants thing. Are they taking out everything that's bad? So yeah, so I mean, you know, something that we have to think about too, besides lead toxicity. I mean, majority of the time we're shooting with suppressed. So all that blowback's just going right mm-hmm. into our noses yep. right there. And then you think about, I mean, granted, uh, we'd be isolated if we were on a big base or we'd be at a fire base or something like that, but there was still, you still had to burn your poop. You still had to burn your trash, Yeah. right? So all that shit in the air. And uh, that was severely jacking us up. So mm. all that stuff. And then, you know, with that staging area, K2 that we used to fly through. Yeah, yeah. That was a nuclear dump ground. I heard, yeah. So all this stuff's in our body. And so what, what's happening is it's messing with our brains, messing with our blood. So, you know, all the lead toxicity and any heavy metals that I have are going in there. I mean, dude, I have to go in and get, you know, VA's not going to cover it and insurance isn't going to cover it. But I'd spend like eight grand to get the metallic fillings 
taken out of my mouth and replaced with new stuff because they're mercury. Wow. And it's like, now I'm getting really, really serious about this. It's like, I don't drink tap water. Before I was like, man, I drink water in Afghanistan. I can drink tap water in any city. I don't even fuck around with tap water. It's bottled and everything. I'm a water snob. I like Waterloo and LaCroix and like, and buys. I crush and, LaCroix. It's uh, <laughs> so good. Oh my God, man. Yep. Um, but it's, it's all about health now. And I'm noticing things in the gym change. I'm noticing things in my, the way that I think and process information, uh, just communication with other people, not getting, I mean, for those of you that don't know Mike Glover and I personally, uh, we can go from zero to 100 real quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing that it's, you know, where before it was just black or white with me. Now there's a gray area where I'm actually slowing down and processing like, should I get worked up over the situation or should I not get worked up over mm-hmm. the situation? And it's, I don't know, it's, it's helping a lot. Um, you know, they say the, more people, more special operations veterans, and I made this post yesterday, have died from brain tumors and cancer and suicide. And there's, it all, it all adds up. I mean, whenever I was getting emotional, I wasn't suicidal laying on my floor crying. I actually found it hysterical. I was like, why am I crying? And I don't know what I'm crying about. And there's like this puddle of tears on these, on these hardwood floors. I'm like, what's going on? Um, but I knew something was wrong. And uh, I could see how if you didn't seek out help and you just kept on doing that and 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 doing that, then you'd want to impose harm to yourself, you know? But don't forget, anybody listening to this, you can reach out to me on Instagram or whatever if you're in that dark spot and you find very similar situations to where you're getting emotional for no reason, go seek help. Don't think about a, tep- a temp or a permanent fix for a temporary problem, right? Everything can end at that point in time. It's like, it's not going to last forever. Um, and then something else that, uh, that was really unique is I would be driving and I'd hit like paralysis from my neck up. So I was processing information. I could see it. I could steer but my head would just be like this. And I'm like, what is going on? And it was kind of, you know, a euphoric feeling. And then 30 like you seconds. you were stuck? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, eh. And then it, it, it come back up 30 to 45 seconds later. And so what they figured out from that is, from vehicle rollovers and IEDs and this stuff is, your ligaments support your neck, right? And once the ligament stretches, it's never going back to its original state. So what our necks do is, you know, what my neck did is rebuild all this extra neck muscle to support my neck. Well, whenever I go to a certain angle and I don't know what it is, my neck muscles flex and pinch off the nerves going to my brain. And I reach temporary paralysis from here up, from my neck up. Uh, I can still see, I can still think, but it's just my head won't move. And then it comes back 30 to 45 seconds later. Um... Kudos to Jeff Dardia for for uh, leading me in the right direction. For, Is Jeff retired now? No, he's running this program for USASOC now. Oh man, that's so um, amazing! And he literally found a nonprofit to pay for all of this. Wow, um, Healing Arizona Veterans, and I mean, it's there's this. I mean, dude, whenever we're there, we're a guest. Whenever we leave, we're a pest. No one's gonna fix us. It's on us. Yep. And. And it's easy for guys like you and I to have the mentality of, well, I'll just fucking get through this. You know, I'm a, I'm a dad. I want to be around as long as I can for my daughter. And at some point I had to exercise humility and be like, you know what? Maybe I can't fix this. Maybe I do need to reach out for help. And uh, 
It's working. I'm glad I did. I'm stoked I did. I hope you do. I, like, I, dude, <laughs> I want to, my MRI is September 20th yeah. for my hey, neck and my head. Prepare so. to be mind blown, bro. You're like, oh my God. I'm excited, man. Yep. I'm so excited. So what's going on with you uh, uh, business-wise and the direction of courses of action? I know some things have changed. Yeah, and- so you know, um, we're kind of flexing from doing strictly open enrollment. We were open enrollment heavy up until about now. Um, now we're working with very various agencies, both federal and, and local and state, and then also working with some military units. So 2020 is basically going to be heavy LE mill first responder stuff. And then, you know, maybe six open enrollment shooting courses uh, where we're really pushing. And, you know, I know you're at the forefront of this too, is I definitely see, and I'm not, I don't post about this stuff, but I definitely see. I never thought that I'd hear the Republican and Democratic Party on the same page when it came to gun control. I don't watch news, but I was in a restaurant the other day, and CNN and Fox News had the same thing on, agreeing, and that was just caught me off guard. Um, so the big open enrollment courses we'll be pushing for 2020 are going to be our EDC course, only instead of people going out and spending $250 in ammunition, they're going to spend $220 on a cert pistol. Because then I can teach this. I can teach shooting from retention in a combative situation Whoa, for four hours. mind blown. Front, anywhere in the world. I can do it in a CrossFit gym. <laughs> Mike does that from time Mike to time. Mike, sir. <laughs> Gunfighter, so, of course. So it's like, it's, it's like instead, of, instead of, you know, it, you're shooting from retention, it's like, cool, I, I'm firing you know, 250 rounds or 300 rounds in this day at a target that's within three feet from me. I can do the same thing with a, with a cert pistol. And then you're leaving with a cert pistol. And I can do this in any CrossFit gym across the country in any single in any state. Uh, so the EDC course is going to be four hours of shooting from attention in a combative situation, four hours of striking and groundwork. Then the next day will be four hours of effectively deploying a fixed blade, and you know the gross skills that we need. You know, uh, fighting with a blade is not it's not a dance. It's it's. It's very rudimentary, and I promise you, if you jab a blade in somebody's eye, you're disrupting it, and then you go to the throat and aorta, maybe you go to femoral after that, something like that, they're done. It doesn't have to be this fancy dance, breakdance, fighting-looking thing. It can be a very gross thing, but the problem is getting people in the mindset of what combatives actually is, right? In a combative situation, you have to be willing to like bite someone's nose off, rip their ears off, stab a blade in their, in their eyeball, in their eye socket, um, whenever, you know, people talk about poking thumbs into an eye, well, what does that equate to? Whenever I'm poking my thumbs into your eyes, I'm trying to bypass your eyes and get brain matter stuck in between my thumbnail and finger, right? And it's, it's instilling that. And then the last four hours on the second day is, is basically, uh, exercising the March algorithm with emphasis on stop the bleed. I like that. That's a smart course, man. I like the idea of also, allowing the person who's coming to the course to walk away with a cert gun. I mean, I just, I was talking yesterday about cert guns and how important they are in repetitions and actually exercising something that's beneficial in habits as opposed to like recycling your, your gun yeah. or doing something. Well, and you know, the thing is, is, is what I do with all my cert pistols and, and people can agree with this or disagree with it. I don't care. It works for me. Um, whenever I get a cert pistol, I take the front and rear sights off right out the gate. And I can tell you that within 25 yards, if I'm using, you know, now with a pistol, I can shoot threat focused and I know my rounds are going to hit on the intended impact area. And it's from getting repetitions in with a surface or dry firing without using sights. 
and just exercising, understanding that, you know, getting those reps in of this is what right feels like and this is what wrong feels like. And I know if I'm right that I'm getting a hit. It's guaranteed. And, um, yeah, so it just makes sense, you know. Uh, you can do it in any state. All I need is a square area, and we can do that course. So. That's amazing, man. Uh, what else is going on with you uh, personally? I know that you got the Jim Jones thing happening. Are you still training Jim Jones? Uh, yeah, so I still that's still the training methodology that I do. Uh, you know, like you, I have a, fit, a fitness program as well, CoFit. And then I also picked up 15 remote clients that uh, – I'm a firm believer that people people spend time on things that they have a vested interest in. So it's not a monthly basis. They have to pay, you know, a certain amount of money that is over five hundred dollars uh, for the first three months. It's ninety eight program, and then they get an individualized program for them, and they get individualized nutrition, and they check in with me weekly. I call them at least twice a week to see how they're doing, and we program weekly. So I can say, they're like, oh, you know this, and then I can tweak it to what they need. And, and you know, there's humility in there. They have to send me shirt off if they're a guy, front, side, back. And then if you're a girl, then sports bra and whatever you'd go swimming in on for bottoms, front, side, back. And then we work on body composition there. And it's you give me three specific strength goals that you want to do or three fitness goals. And that's where people get where people get twisted. A lot of people, hey, what's your goal? I want a six-pack. That's not a goal. That's a byproduct of, of, of training. What's your goal? I want to do a muscle-up. That's not a goal. That's a skill. Like, what is your goal? What do you want to get? I want larger shoulders. I want to increase my squat or deadlift, things like that, so we can cater the program to each individual versus if you go to CoFit, that's a program that I wrote that's a 90-day program, but it's not individualized to you. It's just... This is a program that I wrote that will get you fit enough to do X, Y, Z, you know? I love that, man. I actually like the fact that you're analyzing body composition too because a lot of people don't realize you're, you're not just looking at composition, but you're kind of look looking at the disposition of what may be weak or overemphasized and mm -hmm. the balance of that person. Yep, 100%. And that's great. I mean, that's awesome. So where, where, where do people go to actually sign up for that? Uh, for that, you know, I don't have a sign-up link for that. Uh, basically, if you go to courses underscore of underscore action.com and DM me, and then we'll get a little more into detail on that as far as prices and stuff go. And then you pay, and then we start. And um, essentially what I have them do is for one week, they track anything that goes in their mouth and log it. And then we tweak the nutrition from there. Generally speaking, people are either A, eating like shit, or B, not eating enough. Or, you know, one of my, one of the things I hate the most is when people get in this macro stuff, right? Oh, I track my macros. I'm like, but you ate cake. Like, yeah, for my macros. I'm like, that's bullshit. Like if I had a Ferrari, I'm not going to put 87 grade fuel in there. I'm going to go to the airport and put the best race fuel that I could, right? Is it fuel? Yes. Is it prime? You know, is it is like the best? Is it premier? No, it's not. So only put good stuff in you. And whenever it comes to nutrition, um, I, I know you like the keto diet. I, I'm a firm advocate. Keto diet works for people that are somewhere in between a sedentary, I said I butchered that word, um, and kind of training, but not really training. Mm -hmm. All right. But as soon as you get into performance based training, where you're like me and you're training for up to three hours a day, and I do two a days, um, you, I've seen people get, you know, health issues from that and, and performance goes down. Uh, so I'm not bashing the keto diet. It's if you want to lose weight and you don't have time to train, keto diet's going to work for you. Um, 
if you're going to train and understand whenever I train, I'm a psycho when I, when I train you guys. So it's not like, Oh, I'm doing buys and tries and I'm in and out in an hour. No, it's, it's an extended period of time, but you're going to need fuel. So my doctor, Gabrielle line, we run our blood work, my blood work every three months and I'm an O positive guy and my body responds well to me. So I don't really track my macros. I don't really, I'm not keto. I, I don't like calling it diets right out the gate. Anyway, I think diets, and all these challenges are, are, are kind of weak sauce because if I call it a diet, then I look at it as a punishment. But if I call it nutrition, just changing that word changes the way that I think about it. And if I set a 21-day or 90-day or 75-day limit on it, well, then my body knows that it's going to end. And all I can think about is just blowing up on whatever I want to eat as soon as this challenge, if I make it, is over. So just incremental changes. Um, you know, ice cream for me is, I'm not going to say my supplement sponsor, but my supplement makes a supplement named MRE light and I'll just blend it and then freeze it and put it in the freezer. And that's my ice cream. So I'm in, it's beef based chicken, egg, sweet potato, blueberries, all this stuff. And it tastes delicious. It's uh, making small tweaks and, and not being afraid. You know, the, the bad thing about these challenges too is you get people, Oh, I'm doing this 21 day challenge but they want to go out with their friends. So the problem with diets, in my opinion, is most people lose all social aspect of their life because they're so dedicated to a diet. Well, I'm here to tell you, no one got jacked off one meal and no one got fat off one meal. Okay. So it's okay to slip up every now and then, you know? Um, and I found that whenever people know that, oh, I can have this and I can have that, and I'm not gonna, it's not gonna change anything that I've done or the hard work that I put in. Just don't do it every day. But the more we limit ourselves from something, the more we want that thing. If I could tell two, th- two people two things to take out of your diet right out of the gate that will change your life, it's dairy and gluten. Mm-hmm. Take dairy, take gluten, and you will change your life. Uh, the inflammation in your body will go away. It's amazing what can happen. So if you're looking at a diet, what I tell people is if it had eyes or grew from the ground other than wheat, eat it. You know, it, people don't understand. Most people with this, with just sitting on your couch all day, you can burn up to 3,000 calories. So people are talking about eating a caloric deficit. You know, I had this Whoop device that Whoop sent me on, you know, one day on the range in New Jersey, I burned 7,897 calories. Guess who's not eating that much food in one day? Me. I eat four to 4,500 calories. And so I'm in a caloric deficit. And most people are in a caloric deficit naturally. They're just eating the wrong foods. Um, I'm protein dense. You know, I eat between 400 and 450 grams of protein per day. I'd probably say I eat uh, somewhere around 250 grams of carbs. And depending on my training days, some days my carbs will be 55 grams and my fats are over 150, depending on what my training days are. I'm definitely, if it came to using carbs as a source of fuel or fats and protein, I'm definitely going to say that I want to go the carb or I want to go the protein and fats route versus just carbs. But you do need carbs depending on how, how hard you're performing that day. But it's, it's getting carbs from legitimate sources as far as rice, quinoa, things like that, not from a fucking Twinkie. Mm, I like that. So t- talk to us about your physical fitness routine because – not a lot of people know about Jim Jones and you know elite fitness. You know CrossFit is if a civilian was going to think about fitness and the elite version of fitness, it would be CrossFit. 
uh, or some semblance of that. Jim Jones in special operations is known as elite fitness. I mean, yes. I, I've done um, a lot of their workout routines downrange, and they're some of the most technical and detailed programs that are just the most beneficial that I've seen. And you have the certification. You're a certified instructor. Fully right? certified instructor, yes. Yeah. So how does that how does that work? What is Jim Jones, and then what is your physical fitness routine? So Jim Jones is a gym that's based out, and it's GYM Jones. It was uh, founded by Lisa Bouchard and Mark Twight. They were married. I uh, got divorced. Lisa's sole ownership of that place now. Um, and their mentality is self-imposed limitations suck and the mind is primary and we're very good at pushing you to the point where you have to it comes to you can't do this or you won't do this and there's a difference um it's not going to be bodybuilding heavy i'd say it's more power endurance strength and endurance based and the cool thing about it is up there you know one day you could be working out at jim jones and you could have an actor working out next to you and you're working out with an Olympic athlete on this side and this actor may be trying to be in his mass phase because that's part of the filming they're doing and this Olympic athlete is going to be doing some endurance event and so everyone's training for something different and then we'll bring it in at the end of it and everyone will do a finisher as we call it or heavy breathing and do it as a group. Heavy breathing could be 30 rounds of 30 seconds on, 90 seconds off on the row machine. If you're a man, you have to get over 150 meters each round. And you're 90 seconds off, you do 10 burpees. And the rest of the time is your rest. And you got 30 rounds. Or it could be... Oh, I've I seen that before online. And that's very peer-centric, right? It's it's centralized where every all your peers are supporting you. Yes. And I've seen 100%. that. 100%. It's, it's really cool as a dynamic it's, it's, as far as like building cohesion and well, team and tribe it's real cool well you know and, and one of our things is like you, if you go to jim jones or you train with me i know you have the saying to suffer in silence i don't want to hear i don't want to hear you moaning and making your prison sex sounds and all that stuff i want you to put in work and suffer in silence and understand that everyone around you has done what you're doing and we're there to support you you're not really going to get a huge cheerleader, but you'll get support from them and they'll be coaching you as you go. I'm a, I'm a believer of you have to manifest your own motivation. If you're, if you're waiting on outside elements to motivate you, you're going to fucking fail because whenever shit goes down and no one's there, what are you going to do? Right? So you have to manifest your own motivation from inside. All right. And you have to go to your happy place. Like, yeah, my body may be doing this, but I'm replaying a movie in my head. And next thing you know, it's over. Um, I was fortunate enough two summers ago to go train with Branch Warren, Johnny Jackson, Matt Lair, and uh, at Metroflex Original Gym in Arlington, Texas. It's the home of Ronnie Coleman, Branch Warren, and Johnny Jackson. These guys are all top bodybuilders. Probably some of the hardest training hypertrophy-wise, uh, aka bodybuilding, that I've ever done. And so now my training that I program for people and I program for myself is kind of a hybrid of that strength and Jim Jones, all right? So I'll start off, let's say I'm doing five by five deadlifts at 70%. I never really do one rep maxes because that's when people get hurt. So five by five deadlift at 70% for me is gonna be somewhere around 455. So I'll do five sets of that. And if, I, if this week, if I get five, 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 the next week I'll go up 10 pounds. 
And my next week doing five by five on Delphi, I may get five, five, four, three, three. Well, I stay there until I get five, 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 five across the board. Then I go up 10 pounds. So I don't need to get a PR to know that I'm getting stronger. It's showing it because I'm doing more reps with more reps with more weight. So I'll go from five by five with deadlift to an understanding that you're using your legs, not your back on a deadlift to doing accessory work, you know, maybe or some muscle hypertrophy stuff with, with, uh, with my legs, so I may do leg press, and I w- may do Bulgarian split squats, and I may do weird machines in the gym. Um, I do good mornings and things like that, and that's my hypertrophy stuff that I'm working. So I want to get on size there. So strength being in the you know eight and under rep scheme, you're looking at hypertrophy being somewhere between ten to. 18-ish rounds, and then you're looking at endurance being anything over that. So I may do 10 by 10 on incline dumbbell flies if I'm working upper body. And then after I do the incline flies, and I'll do roll from the 10, 10, 10 reps of incline flies into 10 pushes or burnout presses right after that. Then I'll take a three-minute break, do that again, again, again. Then I'll do a breathing session at the end where it may be 10 rounds of a 500 meter, you know, sprint on the rowing machine with the standard being, you know, sub one minute, 30 seconds into 10 ball slams with a 30 pound ball into 30 seconds on ropes, doing some swing. And then I'll take a two minute break and I'll do that, you know, so we're, so we're building in that break in that session, or I may just go ham on a fan bike and say, I need to get minimum 300 calories in 10 minutes. And then really that's when it comes down to the individual. I prefer, prefer doing like a Tabata style on that. Uh, some people just try to grind it out and they usually get burned out real quick. So you have to approach it with some strategy, but definitely ending every day with, with heavy breathing. So I'm incorporating strength in the beginning, then hypertrophy, some accessory work, and then ending with breathing. And breathing can literally be, you know, Sometimes I'll just, you know, I train in Gilbert at Lifetime Fitness. I'll just go swim like a 5K with fins. I'm not swimming a 5K just with no fins. So I'll fin a 5K and that's my breathing that day. Um, And that would be considered an extended breathing session. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesdays, if I'm programming for you, you're going to be doing stuff like that. Wednesday is going to be an active recovery day and that's 60 minutes at a conversational pace of movement. The problem is that people take rest days and they just sit on their couches and feel sorry for themselves. A rest day, you still have to have movement. You still have to be active. And then Thursday, Friday will be more work. Saturday will be an active recovery day. And then Sunday will be, you know, like a legit like, hey, definitely concentrate on rolling out. Maybe the the hardest thing I have you do is a couple Turkish get-ups or something like that. But you're still getting movement in. And then we restart the next week. And that's kind of like the custom tailored workout that you're building recipe wise for the individual, right? Yeah. I mean, we've had great, you know, Jason's son, Tyler, he just enlisted in the army's yeah. Bravo. He's gained 12 pounds in the past month and a half of muscle mass of muscle mass. Uh, you know, the guy that we were talking about earlier, yeah. I'm not going to say his name. Yep. He gained over 40 in three months. Uh, Josh Costa has gained nine pounds in the first week and a half. That's awesome. And it's not like it's yeah, a I saw miracle. Josh, he was looking good. It's not like a miracle thing. It's Hey, Eat this way and do this. People just go to the gym like they go to the range with no plan. Guess where you're going to get? If there's not a desired end state, 
you're just wasting time. So it's, here's my goals and I'm the one facilitating them to get their, you know, the path to get to the goal. That's amazing, man. So, uh, transition a little bit for in the tactical realm, Mm -hmm. the tactical industry is changing. It's, I don't know if it's evolving, regressing. There's, you know, we see the suppression of social media and and that's kind of the trend, especially Mm -hmm. with these shootings, the politics leading up to 2020, it's unstable. Um, what's your opinion on kind of the industry where it's going and then, uh, what are you doing to adapt to it? Um, it's no secret that, that, uh, in my personal opinion means shit, but it's no secret that whoever the final two candidates are running for, for presidency in 2020 are definitely going to be pushing some, some agenda whenever it comes to guns. And I will go ahead and say this. Don't forget Donald Trump was a Democrat until 2016 and grew up in the state of New York that endorsed gun control. Don't forget that. Yeah, he's all about this red flag law, yeah. right? I mean, this is what they're um, on the same page about. So I'm worried that they, you know, it's in the 90s, what they do, come after our guns. And here's what pisses me off, man. Here, you know, let's talk about social media. You get all these dudes that are like, Mullen Lobby, come and take it if they boogaloo, all this stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody showed up at my house and was like, hey, we're taking your guns, guess what? I'm probably going to give them my guns because I want to be a dad and I want to be present in my daughter's life. It's not going to be shoot it out. You're going to shoot it out with an SRT team? No, you're going to die. You know, and, and, they, and they've proven that. There were three, I think it was two weeks ago in the span of one week, three adult males over the age of 50, one of them was 61, showed up and with, you know, whatever state they were in with the red flag laws being applied, refused to turn over their firearms. And part of the clauses in each one of these states was if they refused and that's showing lethal intent towards the officers that are trying to confiscate their firearms and they shot and killed these people. Jesus, I didn't hear about this. So it's like, you can say you're going to be a hero all you want, but you're going to die. And guess what I don't want to do? Die. Am I saying that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna defend my rights and all that stuff? No. Do I think there's gonna be a door-to-door confiscation confiscations? No. Do I think that they're gonna start regulating on us? Absolutely. They already are. If you don't think they are, then then you're stuck behind like I don't know. You have your face in the dirt or something. Um, tactical industry. I think where people are, gonna, you know, gear's no longer cool. You know, I, I'm I'm co-owner of of uh, of rugged with Chris Osman and what sets, what's setting us apart from that is we're, you know, made in America. Cool. But you get our pouches are like less than $30 shipped to your door slings, $30 shipped to your door. So, uh, we're, we're, we're working that. And, um, but like people buying helmets and you know, where people are spending immense money on, you know, I have dudes asking me what laser should they get? And I ask them, do they have nods? And they say, no, and I'm like, well, you don't need a laser. You need a surefire light. And they're like, IR? And I'm like, no, you need like... <laughs> Viz light, What are you light. talking about? Why do you have a laser on your gun and you don't have nods? Furthermore, like, yeah, I understand. Every American should be able to have whatever they want. I agree with that. But you just spent a couple grand on something and you don't even have the equipment to support it. So I see that side going down. Yeah. Um, what about the influence, the influencers and the, the I, I see less I of it. I see it dwindling down now. Yeah. I, I see it dwindling big time. Um, 
you think you think society's just over it, or are these guys burnt out, or is it a combination? Like, what what do you think's going on? Well, I think there was this hit whenever like shooting really fast at one foot away at a rubber dummy was cool two years ago, and now people are realizing like that doesn't matter. You know, you need to go to field craft course, and you need to go to course of action course, or Cogworks course, or something like that, Buck Doyle's course, whatever you want to do, but it's it's way beyond shooting sub one second from retention at a target that's one foot away because guess what's not going to impress me shooting sub one second at a target one foot away the majority of the open enrollment courses i have will have civilians shooting sub you know sub two seconds five rounds on an index card in the upper thoracic area at seven yards from the holster that's impressive to me um i think guys that are putting out real training legit training are are going to be fine. I think that's where you're going to see the influencers are now is guys that are, I don't want to say you have to have a background, but I see that's where it's going to. It's like, okay, because what are we doing? We are influencing changes on guns. We are doing that. We're not, I don't consider whenever you and I influence something, we're changing products. We're changing designs on products. We're doing R and D and that's how we're influencing and then people by proxy see us using something and want to use it because they know that we put time behind it and vetted it and changed it to make it work. Um, the the personalities where oh, I have half a million followers and I'm people follow me, so I'm influencing the market. I, I see that going to the wayside. And I, I see I can see I can see what's happening to them on social media now. You know, it's like there's not as much traction that they're getting. And I don't know if that's Facebook and Instagram managing that. I don't know. Um, it, I wouldn't put it past them. But the influencer thing's going like this, in my opinion, in a downward spiral. Um, which I think we talked about before, whenever we both launched our companies in 2016, that that would happen. People that have experience and are well-versed in this. And I'm not saying you have to be, I'm not saying you have to be in a special operations capacity to be have experience to be well-versed. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that at all. Competition shooters are the ones that taught us how to shoot fast. Um, but unless you know what you're doing, you're not just going to like the days of people going to a couple training courses and saying, Oh, I'm an instructor. Now those days are gone. Uh, as far as what we're what I'm doing to adapt, uh, you know, the two main open enrollment courses that I'll be throwing in 2020 are the EDC one I told you about, and then headspace and timing, which is essentially you know, mindset is over is a saturated term right now. Mindset, 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 mindset. And you can pay me a lot of money and sit in front of me and hear me sit on my little soapbox and tell you my coping mechanisms for every traumatic incident that I've been in from childhood through selection through the military to post-military. But all I'm going to tell you is my own coping mechanisms that I used to work for me. And even though Mike and I went to the same selection, his coping mechanisms there's a very high chance his coping mechanisms were different than mine. So um, with headspace and timing, I'm bringing in a very unique group of people. We'll have Navy EOD. We'll have a Navy SEAL. We'll have a SEAL from Dev Group. We'll have a PJ. We'll have me. We'll have a Ranger. And uh, it's, it's essentially what I've tasked each person with is a traumatic event whenever they were a child and how they got through it a traumatic event whenever they're in, in their pipeline and how they got through it, a traumatic event on a mission and how they got through it, and then post-military traumatic and how they got through it. 
and what coping mechanisms they use for each, and then incorporating each one of them are tasked with designing four, four events. So like for you guys going, one of my events may be blindfold with hearing protection that's not electric and a five-gallon bucket on your head submersed in a horse trough full of ice water. <laughs> and it pays to be a yeah. winner. <laughs> and it pays to be a winner. So stay in there longer. Nice. Bracket style. Nice. You know what I mean? And then obviously incorporating logs and things like that and just pushing people to the breaking point with the goal. Not the goal with that is not for people to quit. It's not to break people. It's to build people. And, and what I found is in order to develop resiliency, you have to be put in shitty situations and face them head on. Otherwise, you're not. You're just there. You're hearing a story about somebody doing it. And from that, you can apply it in everyday life. I mean, there, every day there's something I went through hard in my life that I made it through, and I may be in a tough spot at that current minute in that point in time, and I can apply something I did to that minute at that point in time, and I'm better. It's over. So the goal is to get people in as many situations where they're, they're sink or swim, not literally, and it's developing coping mechanisms for them to push through those hard times. You and know? it's this headspace and timing. That's a course. Yes, it is. Yep. 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 The, the next one's going to be October 19th and 20th in Upland, California. And there'll be team there. It'll be like selection. There'll be team aspects of it. And there will be individual aspects of it. And there will be parts where somebody mess ups, everyone gets punished. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's not prepping anybody for selection. It's not prepping you for buds. It's not prepping you for anything. It's if, you really want to see what true grit is and see what you're truly capable of as a human being and see what your true limitations are. This is the course and develop coping mechanisms to get through hard times. I love that, man. That's crazy. Hey guys, it's time to take a little break for the mid-roll sponsor. That's how big of a deal we're at. We are right now. We're doing a mid-roll sponsored ad, My Wall Street, pronounced My Wall Street. It's one, it's smashed together, MY Wall Street ST. Uh, look, when, when I first tried investing in US stocks, I found that brokers made it super easy to invest in any stock I wanted, but I lost, always lost. It's hard to retain a portfolio, uh, to expand your portfolio, especially in investments, and then get the expertise needed, especially that intimate conversation in order to increase. Uh, your, your financial portfolio. Most brokers and investing apps are a black box. Very few of them give me any helpful guidance on what stocks to invest in, and more importantly, tell me how to invest successfully. There are thousands of stocks to choose from, and it's very overwhelming. So the benefits of My Wall Street offers a short list of stocks, experienced investors who have countless hours researching. They act as an investing companion, guiding you on building a diversified and long-term portfolio, none of this uh, short-term stuff. With their app, I can invest and learn on the go. My Wall Street believes everyone should have the ability to shape their own financial future. Unlike a broker, they're investing in a companion. My Wall Street helps you take the first step in the world of investing and guides you towards making educated decisions throughout your investing life. So all your listeners can access, uh, all the listeners can access this via the My Wall Street app. Again, that's my W A L L. ST for free uh, use of the app for 30 days instead of the normal seven day trial. If you visit mywallstreet.com backslash or forward slash fieldcraft, that's again mywallst.com forward slash fieldcraft to download the app, 
you get access to the market-beating stock picks and the expert guidance. After your trial, you can continue your investing journey with them for just $9.99 a month, which is a small investment when you're looking at the overall uh, amount of attention you get in investing uh, your savings, your hard-earned money for the rest of your life. Again, that's My Wall Street, spelled M-Y-W-A-L-L-S-T.com forward slash Philcraft to download that app. My Wall Street is not about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, day trading, or getting rich quick, or a broker. They are providing the information to set you up for success and in investments. All right, back to the podcast, guys. All right, so let's talk about war, man. Let's talk about uh, combat. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to, to get your take on a few things, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to combat. Uh, and what's, you know, you talked about mindset and how it's over, it, it's really overused because it's vague and it's not typically, you know, um, specific to one individual mm-hmm. and warrior mindset's one of those things too. I mean, there's a thousand books on warrior mm-hmm. mindset, like what is warrior mindset to you? And then how do you think combat has kind of shaped your mind, uh, to, you know, wh- whether it's a mindset or warrior mindset and preparing you for maybe the worst case scenario. Well, I think that, you know, we could date that back to whenever I was seven years old in that kid's fight club and I had to sacrifice my body and I was getting beat up by grown men. Uh, so my little brother didn't have to fight. So I've had that instilled at a very young age um, where, so, you know, I wasn't conventional military that long, but I will tell you what I learned on a team. The mindset is I would do anything in my power and sacrifice my own life, and I've had teammates do this for mine, uh, in order for my team to get back in one piece. And I'd like to say everyone on my team was like that, but like Mike can tell you, it's easy for special operations guys, to, for you guys to think that special operations guys, everyone just wants to run to the gunfight. That's not always the case. It's usually a split. You get dudes on teams that are running to the gunfight, and then you get the dudes on the team who their mindset is, well, my boys are going, so I got to follow them. But if we all just stayed back, they'd stay back too. And I'm sure you've seen that. That's, that's part of it. Um, what I noticed with me and my mindset was I don't really remember. You know, I have quite a few Valorous Awards, and I don't remember getting them. I just remember reading their witness statements, and I'm like, I did that? Uh I'm very good at blocking things out and kind of going into robot mode and time kind of slows down for me, perceive time and just doing work. And then it's like on that movie old school, where Will Ferrell's like, what just happened at the end of it? That's how I am. I'm big on preparing myself mentally and physically to be able to go 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days. And that's something people don't like to think about, but they're, you know, when Jason was killed, that was over 14 hours. It's not like it slowed down. So mentally we had to be there and like, okay, we've lost one dude. I can't think about that right now, even though it's really shitty because I still have eight other dudes that I have to worry about. Um, And I was not in a leadership position, but they're my team, right? So Mindset-wise, I think it's, it's for, for me, it's being able to switch it off and understand what this is a situation I'm being presented with. I'm going to switch off anything that's really going to deter my decision-making process outside of tactical decisions in combat and, uh, and, and go and make it work. You know, Develop a quick plan, put it out, and disseminate information and, and action it and flex from there. Um, 
and understand humility here. You know, whenever it comes to mindset, what I tell, tell new guys, it's easy for, for you to think that you're, you're the baddest dude out there, right? But you're not invisible. So understanding that we do have this tough mindset, we will close the distance with the enemy. We will take their lives, but they're also trying to take yours. And don't forget that, you know, understanding in the back of your head, I'm not invisible. Even though these guys are shooting behind a wall and not even aiming, plenty of dudes have been killed by stray rounds. So did I answer your question? Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Let's talk about, let's talk about Palmerton. Uh, you know, okay. the night Jason was killed, uh, kind of walk us through that mission, if you, okay. yeah. what you could talk about. And then, you know, developing you as a, a human being and, and how that humbled you and kind of the things that you took away and learned from that experience. So it was 2005, July 23rd, 2005, we were in Helmand province. And uh, for those of you who have been in Afghanistan at this point in time, they really didn't have SOTIFs established. They had CAF and BAF, right? And if you're north or east, you push out of BAF. And if you're south, you'd be at CAF. So they didn't have, they didn't have these, uh, these forward operating bases set forward. They had basically big bases, which meant you were further away from help. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we were in Goreshk in Helmand province. And if you guys look at a map of Afghanistan on a map, you'll see a thing called the Helmand River. My team of nine dudes, 10 dudes, if you include our Air Force guys, or Air Force JTAC, was from the Helmand River from all the way south the southern border of Afghanistan to their northern border and all the way west to the Iranian border. And that was our area of operation. And Helmand province is known for Sangin, Lashkarga, Nauzad, Bar Nauzad, Kajaki Dam, and all this stuff. We were going in, it was July 23rd, 2005, and we were going in in NTVs to interdict bad guys that were doing night drops, basically putting out propaganda to sway votes by using threats for who the president was going to be. It was election season. Uh, I remember, so we get in NTVs, and you guys understand, like, three or four Toyota Hiluxes traveling at night is still a convoy. You still stick out like a sore thumb. But uh, the, the big thing to think about is I, I didn't bring a crew served. I brought a 60-millimeter mortar. That's why whenever you see me with pictures, I either have, like, a sniper system <laughs> or a crew served. <laughs> Very rarely a carbine. And um because of this night. And so we do our, you know, our GAC, our convoy. And I remember crossing this bridge, I was truck three. It's like something doesn't feel right. You know, everyone talks about five senses. Well, if you've been in shitty situations, you understand where your six sense is, where the spidey hairs on your neck. So we cross the bridge and I, you know, I go up on our, on our embedders or PRC 148 where they were. I was like, Hey guys, something's about to go down. And within 30 seconds it went down. What went down was an L shaped ambush on my team and we're light skinned vehicles. So immediately, you know, we're in the X, we can't go forward. We can't go backward. There's a river here. We can't go forward because we're in an L shaped ambush. So we're driving straight into the fire. Uh, dismount the vehicles, find a little death laid, go in there and then decide to, close the distance with the enemy. And at this point in time, we really didn't know how many bad guys we were facing. We just knew it was overwhelming fire, but our job is to close the distance and kill these bad guys. So we started bounding and then working into a flanking, uh, flanking element. Our team leader, Rob Pollack, went off somewhere with a turp 
And this is an hour into it. The last thing I heard from Jason was, Rob, where are you? And then nothing. And it's Jason, 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 where are you, Jason? So we get to Jason in his element, and uh, round hit an inch above his plate on his left shoulder, hit his clavicle, bounced down, hit his aorta, and he was dead before he hit the ground. Um, like, this is neat, you know? So, you know, understanding the role of a CCT or JTAC whenever you have them on your team, generally speaking, they're dropping bombs and relaying information to hire, and it frees up your 18 echoes on your team. We immediately request medevac and cast. No platforms are available because there's something going on somewhere, and they won't send a medevac. Like, great, all right? So we have to get his body back. So, we, you know, I pick up Jason, and all the blood's coming out of his clavicle, and at this point in time, we're in DCU, so all the blood falls on me, and we find, like, those little mini Afghani ditches for farming and establish a position in there. And then I have to go. I'm like, okay, I have a 60-millimeter mortar on the back of this truck, and I run down there about 150 yards and, you know, I start hearing snaps on leaves around my head. I know I'm like, great, they see me. And my JTAC decided to come get my back. At this point, now we're split into two elements. And I know that my team needs to get the JTAC back over there. So kind of expose myself. I'm pointing my body at the direction of the bad guy. So if I get shot, my plates are facing it, but he's walking at an angle behind me so that he's good to go because... At this point in time, getting bombs dropped on the bad guys is more important than what my carbine or 60-millimeter mortar could do. So I was willing to, to essentially, hey, you know, he means more than me at this point in time, and I have to get him over there. Got him over there and kept on requesting assets, and they sent over a predator, and it was Rusty Bradley uh, that was in the jock at that time. And uh, the, what we got back was... You guys have over 200 fams, fighting age males, closing the distance on you. And at this point, we're down to nine dudes. Like, sweet. All right. And this is like, at this point, you're looking about two and a half hours into it. And they're using the Karez system. So like underwater rivers, essentially, for you guys that haven't been over there. And then they put these little wells. So they're using those dried up Karezes as tunnels to, to get into our area. I remember it just being so target rich. It was like, it was like whack-a-mole. You shoot one guy and another guy pops up somewhere else and you shoot him and another guy pops up there and you shoot this guy and another guy pops up there, shoot this guy, another guy pops up there and shoot this guy, another guy pops up there. And it was nonstop for hours and hours and hours. And at this point in time in 2005, we had blue and green in theater. I believe blue was up North and green was down South. And they, you know, they heard it on Sat 102. They saw what was happening to us. Everyone, at you know for task force three one saw was happening to us and like these guys are gonna die. we're all gonna get killed um kept on shooting at us with pcams rpgs all this stuff i believe every person in my team that night had trapped on their bodies significant part of it was you know and, and we're not staying static we have to keep on moving because the longer in one location the more of a bullet magnet that turns into so not only are we having to move, but we're having to pull Jason's dead body with us the entire way. 14 hours later, a B-2 comes on station at 23,000 feet. And our JTAC, his name's Scott Lauer, and his nickname was Lunchbox. He had those little compasses where you fold it down from your molly, and it's like half a bubble compass and a map. And he's like, all these guys have is 2,000-pound bombs. 
like, okay. And he's like, I have to drop him 150 meters away from us. And so pucker factor, you know, all this, that was the highest pucker factor right there for me. Like they're shooting at us with small arms, fires, RPGs, got you. Now we're dropping 2,000 pound JDAMs, six of them, 150 meters away from us, from 23,000 feet. All right, here we go. First one goes off, second one goes off, third one goes off, fourth one goes off, fifth one goes off. And you talk about overpressure. We had shit the size of geometros flying over our heads and our bodies are coming off the ground. Sixth one goes and he's like, oh shit. And so if I tell you, oh shit, and you know there's a 2,000 pound bomb coming down, what do you think? No, it's very bad. Great, we're going to die. I remember looking at Tim Welcher and I'm like, hey bro, I love you. Like, here we go. This is how we go out. We just had JTAC drop a bomb on us. But no, it was a version. So what they were trying to do, because it was the closest one to us, uh, the guys up in the, that were dropping the bomb set it so that it would go subsurface and then blow and have the same effect versus going, you know, point, essentially. After that, we do, we start doing SSE. And what we found was sector stakes with mounds of PKM links that would literally go up. They had six positions of PKMs. We found, you know, in each PKM position also had RPG tubes and then AKs everywhere, dead bodies everywhere, whatever. You know, you know how it looks. But what was significant is the number of rounds, the links, the piles went up to my hip and they had sector stakes. And I was like, what? And then you could, there were wheelbarrows. So what, what we figured out they were doing is before these guys got killed with bombs, the guys that we'd shoot, they were using the wheelbarrows as Kazovac platforms for these guys. Um, finally, a Lurs company drove in that was co-located with us at Koresh and essentially QRF'd us, you know, making sure we could get out of there safely. Uh, we had to put Jason's body in the back of a Hilux and drive back for about an hour and a half with him bouncing around in the back of the Hilux, you know, trying to riding in the back, trying to stabilize his head and stuff um, the best that we could. But I mean, we're bouncing around, he's bouncing around, get out of there. And we're like, why would you guys not send in QRF? Why did you not send in a, uh, a uh, you know, air? Why didn't you send in? QRF, why didn't you send a medevac? And they were like, there was a worry of surface-to-air missiles there, that they had them. So that made sense. Immediately after that, Don Bulldog was our battalion commander. We flew that day to Kandahar. We had to debrief minute by minute by minute by minute on what went down. And uh, that's whenever Don looked at us. He's like, for every ounce of blood that was shed of Jason's, gallons of theirs will be shed. So two weeks later, we did... Operation Palmerton, and we put an Alcon out, and we said anybody who wants to come help can come help. And we had five ODAs, three ODBs, an SSE F, or an FBI SSE package, and a Lurse company for outer cordon. And I'm not going to say the numbers, but I will say it was just as many as the night that we took care of that night. Jason was killed, and then. My team was the one that hit the objective of the guy that was bragging about killing Jason. And I will say we made a statement. Um, what I learned there is, you know, I've been, I was deployed prior to going to the Q course and I, you know, I had 107s launched at me and I've been in little firefights and stuff like that. 
And I remember the senior guys, when I got to my team, they're like, hey, don't wish for a firefight. And all I wanted to do was get in a firefight. I can't wait till I'm in a legit firefight. And after that firefight, I was like, all right. I remember praying. I was like, I pray that I'm never in a firefight again. <laughs> that was the one for me. I'm like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not something that was, it wasn't pleasant. I, I thought I was going to die the entire time. All of us did. We still had to, had to control our emotions. We couldn't think with our emotions because emotionally, what did I want to do? I was sad. I was angry and I had hate in my heart because my teammate was dead, but I could not think about my dead teammate because these guys were still trying to kill us. Um, so I never really wanted to go through that again. Unfortunately, with the career path that I chose and Mike chose, uh, you were essentially 70%, 75% guaranteed you were going to get shot at whenever you left the wire, especially, you know, in the, in the mid two thousands, whenever you didn't have to submit 75 or a hundred page con up, it's like five, what do we call them? Combat reconnaissance patrols. We're going to drive around in this area and check it out, which really meant we're going to get bad guys, but we don't want to do all the paperwork. And it was easy. You can't really do that now, but back then you could. And I, our op tempo for that rotation, and it was the one whenever they tried making us do like eight months. I think we're doing the lowest number of missions that one, two did that Oh five Oh six rotation. I want to say it was like the, the lowest number we did was 42 in one month. We were up to 90 in one month at one point, um, just enrolling thunder type stuff, you know, follow on stuff. But I learned real quick that no one's invisible. Um, I learned that I cared more, you know, my mom died when I was 14. I cared more about, I would rather my experience emotions that I had to experience of my own mom dying 100 times over than ever carrying a teammate on the back of a C-17. I learned there's three things that happen in a firefight. The first one is you find God. The second one is you get pucker factor so, so much. Your butthole gets so tight you couldn't fit a toothpick up it. And you want it to end as simple and efficient as possible. And I learned that I never wanted to be in another firefight. Unfortunately, that, that was an unrealistic an unrealistic goal. Uh, what do you think it's done to you long-term as far as you know, uh, you know, shaping the person you are today? Appreciate life. You know, um, Jason and I would butt heads and all that stuff, and I, he knew I cared about him. I knew he cared about me, but we were both young. You, you remember me at that age, man. All I wanted to do was fight everyone. And, um, I don't know. I just, I appreciate it's a whole dynamic on appreciating life now and understanding like if I could just go back then I had nothing going on in my life then single, no kids, anything and sacker and like just switch places with Jason. I would, um, he was engaged and yeah, it's just appreciation of life and understanding that be careful what you wish for because I wish for a firefight and that shit happened and I wish it would never happen again. Yeah, man. That's a, a, a good story as far as lining out how, how mindset plays into this fantasy world for some people, you know, they, well, there's fantasy and reality. Yeah. People think they want it, but then they get it and they don't want it. They're like, Oh, you know, that term don't write, don't, don't write a, a check with your mouth that your ass can't cash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's real, real. And, and like I said, you figure out on your team real quick, the guys who are going to run to it and the guys who are only there because you're there.
you know, and I guess the desired end state's being met. But it's not everyone is 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 like that, you know. Um, Do you think this new generation of men is prepared for the realities of war? I tell you what, right now, the from what I'm hearing from the boys back at at Fort Bragg and, and you know guys in various groups and guys in various communities, whether it's Marsock Seals or anything, uh, no, I'm gonna be real. Like no one's really doing what you and I did. Now that those days are gone, mm-hmm. right? Um, Granted, there's an influx in Afghanistan and Iraq right now. I understand that, but we're not going to go into that on here. Um, I do not think they are. You know, for a while there, the standards were lowered. Now they're getting hard again. Um, and they needed numbers. So it's, it, you know, they want to say, oh, yeah, we're exercising the soft soft values and soft truths and all this. No, you weren't. You were, can you run a ruck? Sweet. Can you learn a language? Cool. You didn't quit Sears school? Awesome. Can you train guys? You're a Green Beret. Whenever Mike and I went through, it was way different, way different. And uh, so no, it's it's if 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 September 11th happened again, and they had to, you know, let's say we could rewind everything and throw this new generation in there, I think it would be dramatically different. One hundred percent. They yeah. don't have it. It's it's the it it. I talk to these young guys that are in group, and they, it's just not there. It's it's they're. For lack of a better term, more so, it seems like they're choir boys versus tattooed me. And I'm not saying everyone. I'm saying a large percentage versus let's jack weights, chew Copenhagen, rage, get tattoos, and go hurt bad guys that are trying to hurt good people. Yeah. I don't think that mindset's there anymore. You think that's uh, partly because of social media and and this fascination of wanting to be something without the understanding of what it actually takes? Absolutely. You look at the you look at the the mass shooter in El Paso, Texas. Did you read mm-hmm. what he said? Yeah, his manifesto. It, well, did you hear whenever he was being questioned? Mm-hmm. He said, "I thought it was going to be like the video games where the blood disappears." Wow. He's like, "That's why I stopped shooting because I started shooting and I heard them crying and screaming." Wow. And then I saw piles of blood and the blood was there and it made me sick. Wow. So I do think it's, they play video games, they see movies, they do all this shit. And then whenever it's real and in their face, the dynamic changes for them. Yeah. Wow. Mind blown. Well, we're reaching the end of the podcast, man. Uh, you know, uh, it's always good to have you on here. We always have to do this periodically to catch up. I, you know, you're the you're the one podcast that I, I shut the fuck up the most because I, what you're saying is important and you're always dropping knowledge bombs and, and saying good shit. Um, it's good to hear somebody from the community that's represented it well when so many um, minds and young men and women need to hear the fucking truth. 100%, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got anything on the out? Any, uh, no, man, thanks for course? having me. And uh, you guys get out there and train. Don't be lazy. Getting in the gym, like whenever people say your your first line or you're you're your first line of response, you know, and all that stuff. It's not like some made up shit. It's real. Cops can't respond fast enough. Don't be lazy. Watch what you put in your mouth. Get on the range with legitimate trainers. Get in the gym. Um, what are your top train? What are your top recommended trainers uh, outside of us? Uh, outside of us, uh, I like what. Um, I like what Cogworks is doing, Bear Solutions, Aaron Baruga, if he would ever come yeah, back. Yep. Um, who was Gorilla Approach. Um, 
Northern Red, but they're really not doing any open enrollments. Buck Doyle, I heard he's doing some good stuff in Utah. I've yeah. never personally trained with him. Uh, that Kawa guy seems like he's, you know, him and I butted heads at first, but he seems like he's he's a good dude. I've never shot with him, but he's someone that I recommend. Uh, too Alpha to quit. Um, Tony Cowden, definitely. Uh, let's see. And I'll, I'll, I'll go on the record saying this. If you want to learn how to shoot fast and accurate and understand, like, Lucas Bakken, that T-Rex kid arms, I'm not going to go to him for tactics or anything like that, but that kid processes information and runs a gun like a champion. If I could, it, like, he impresses me. Uh, J.J. Ricaza, Robbie Latham, Ernest Langdon, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, they're all on my short list as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Well, where can people go to find out what's going on with you and everything that you, you got dropping? Uh, so the easiest way is going to be Instagram. It's uh, courses underscore of underscore action. And the website's www.courses hyphen of hyphen action.com. And for you people that grew up in Arizona and have the education level, a hyphen is a little subtraction sign. Nice, nice. I was like, what is that? <laughs> um, so uh, also for, for contacting you, right? They could DM you on the on Yeah, you DM me, email me, whatever. Yep, I'll get back to you. Awesome, man. Johnny Primo, Courses of Action. Thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me, bro.